Support for Internet Explorer comes from Squarespace. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code BF at checkout and get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. We typically record Internet Explorer between Wednesday and Friday of the week before it goes live. So uh, sometimes it makes covering certain stories sort of tough. So after we put the episode to bed on Friday, um, I promptly celebrated by going to a bar and drinking. Uh, and then the, the television switched from football, British football, to um, what was happening in Paris. So um, on Saturday, I, I flew there. <clears throat> and I spent the weekend with BuzzFeed France's team there um, covering best we could what was going on. Um, it wasn't like Charlie Hebdo. People weren't taking to the streets. People were scared. Um, there were no demonstrations. In fact, th- they almost got to a demonstration on, su- on Sunday and a, a light bulb from a cafe exploded and people uh, evacuated so quickly they were trampling the vigils they were there to light because um, that's how freaked out everyone is. I managed uh, to get audio of um, a man singing hallelujah in Portuguese. <laughs> I don't know why Portuguese. In Republique, which is uh, basically it's the main square in Paris where everyone goes to protest and do very French symbolic showings of defiance and all that great stuff. Um, so what you're hearing right now in me is, is, a, is a clip I managed to get. Um, it gets really good by the second chorus. If you're not totally into it right away, I swear it gets really good. I want to mention something I've been thinking about since I got there. In French, the word LOL is MDR. We've, we've talked about it in previous episodes, but MDR stands for mort de rire, which is death from laughter. And um, I think that is a really good way to think about the French right now. So uh, take it away, Portuguese hallelujah singer. this week and that's also why uh, the music's a little different I decided to take this week as an opportunity to showcase two of my favorite SoundCloud DJs <laughs> Astro Kid and DJ George Costanza so this track is uh, by Astro Kid it's pretty great okay three two one. we're also going to be digging into what's been going on in the UK recently basically There are protests breaking out around the taxation of tampons. Uh, There are two kinds of ways of classifying goods and how they're taxed in the UK, and there's this list of things called luxury items. And apparently, 
for no good fucking reason, tampons are on there. You know, what a luxury, right? Um, not only have there been great memes and tweets and people just taking the piss out of politicians on Twitter, but uh, this woman, Charlie Edge, went in front of Parliament and f- actually free-bled as a giant fuck you to the UK government. So we'll be talking to her this week about what it's like to, um, for lack of a better word, do something that ballsy. Before we dive into the very intense world of tampon taxation, we're going to dive into the very intense world of Shia LaBeouf being a fucking psychopath. And with me, I have Dan Dalton. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hi, Ryan. I'm good. <laughs> Dan is uh, probably the best person to talk to about film in the UK office. Um, I've he, seen a lot of films. He's seen a lot of movies. Uh, he has live tweeted watching Harry Potter as an adult man for the first time. He, I was the adult man, not Harry, <laughs> not Harry Potter. Yeah. And Dan is also a man over six feet tall who enjoys mid 2000s screamo. So we have a lot in common. We do. So, so, Dan, for the people who might not know what Shia LaBeouf is doing, can you please, in a few sentences, just kind of explain what he's doing? Okay, he's so just... Shia LaBeouf, sometime actor, uh, one-man modern art movement, <laughs> is currently, um, uh, you know, after all his recent uh, forays into digital media, is in a theater in New York watching all his films in reverse chronological order. And, and for those of you who don't know, he has made some 30, maybe, films. Uh, so it's taking... <laughs> most of them bad, Most apparently. of them bad. He's, he's taking three days. Uh, he's going to watch them all. He's watching them all back to back. The whole event is being live streamed uh, on the internet, which um, <laughs> you may have access to in your home. Uh, it is uh, a single camera pointed at Shia's face. Uh, so you don't get to see what he's seeing, but you get to see his reactions to, to everything going on. Uh, and he, he invited the public to come and watch with him. So he's surrounded by members of the public, some good, some bad. So by the time you guys listen to this episode, it will be completed. But for right now, I'd like to speculate about what might happen after it ends. My biggest uh, theory is that the world will end. Well, I, I was going to go slightly lower than that because I think <laughs> the final thing we'll see is that Shire uh, will um, nominate himself to run for president. And you, you're going to get... Um, he, he's going to hand out stickers to everyone. Um, yeah, I think that's a good possibility at this stage. And I think if he did decide to run, he you know he might actually be, be president. I think that the, the, the final movie will end and then uh, an adult Beans from Even Stevens will rise out of the floor and become his running mate for Shia LaBeouf Beans 2016. <laughs> I think that the final scene uh, will play, the credits will roll, and Shia will take one look at the camera, peel his face off, and reveal it was Joe Biden the whole time. <laughs> and then Joe Biden will announce that he's running for president. He has to publicly kill Shia right. LaBeouf in order to just be Joe Biden the whole time. So is this art? What is art? Is art a meme? Are memes art? Am I art? Am I a meme? What What is this? <laughs> what do okay. I do with this? Okay, so, I mean, the whole point of art is, uh, I suppose, to create conversation, debate, and make you question things. Uh, <laughs> so if we're sitting here questioning the reality of uh, whether Shia LaBeouf is actually Joe Biden, then maybe it is art. Um, but, I mean, you know, there's a long history of, of art installations of, uh, you know, people sitting in places and doing stunts and things like that and those are all considered art so just because Shia LaBeouf's doing it doesn't mean it isn't it's a fair point and it's something that I've been thinking about as I've been watching the stream on and off for the last couple days which is this idea of like art and open source 
culture and remix culture. He's doing a thing that I, I don't I've never seen anyone do as well as him, which is like create this creative commons thing of himself. I don't I don't even know what to call it, but I'm endlessly fascinated by it because it's both funny and not funny. Right. The installation, the fact that he's sitting in this room for three days uh, and watching all his films in reverse chronological order and, you know, laughing, crying, falling asleep um, could be considered an art project in itself. But what he's doing, because this is being live streamed and because we're all screen ca- uh, capping it like crazy uh, and tweeting out his face everywhere, he's, he's yeah creating a long tail distributed content version of himself after the fact. So the art project itself might only last for three days, but we're going to hear about this for the next couple of years, right? I actually never really had to face the fact that like Shia Buff is in terrible fucking movies all the time. I mean, is that part of it? Is the addressing the trash culture? Is that a statement? Is that- oh, definitely. I mean, you see his face when he was watching the Transformers sequels. I mean, some of them he just left the... He just went to the bathroom. And <laughs> At one point like, he gets up and takes a nap in the aisle. <laughs> right, right. And he goes and gets a burrito because he's like, you know, fuck this. I'm not watching I'm not watching Transformers. Like, uh, yeah, so he, him confronting that, uh, you know, he's, he's calling himself an artist and uh, he's made what is terrible commercial film is, <laughs> is part of the joy but also then to see him watch uh, Surf's Up the animated kids film that he voiced um, and he's you know he's just laughing and smiling and it's a joyful experience and it's like being with a friend watching any films you know we all watch trashy films we all watched Constantine when it came out and we it's had a, yeah Constantine's like pretty good Disturbia was the best teen movie of 2007 it was a very good twist on what was it the Jimmy Stewart movie Rear Window Ryan yes is the words you're I, looking I, for I've always, I'm, I don't, I'm not um, <laughs> so yeah he has made he's made some some great films as well and you you know I think um, probably some of his lesser known indie films um, I think the film he cried toward the end of was Nymphomaniac Volume 2 which I mean Lars von Trier is not everybody's cup of tea but I think probably some of Shia's strongest work. So, yeah, I mean, the whole experience of him watching the good stuff, the bad stuff, reckoning with past sins, uh, enjoying work or a version of himself that he'd maybe forgotten or lost over time. Because, you know, he, he's going to be watching Holes and the Even Stevens movie. And that's like innocent Shia. You know, that's, yeah. uh, that's Shia without the infinite sadness. And I think that's what draws people in. That's what makes it, it has made it successful. We're, we're going to play a little clip of my favorite Shia LaBeouf Just Do It video right now. And if you're not familiar with this, before the three-day live stream, Shia LaBeouf got in front of a, of a green screen and <laughs> ranted and raved for like two minutes about like inspirational nonsense. And my brain hurts like thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so uh, we're going to play a little bit of... My favorite Just Do It remixes. And then after, we're going to have Dan stick around for a segment we like to call 15 Second Fan Fiction. So thanks for sticking around, Dan. Uh, this next segment is 15-second fan fiction. Uh, the premise is I'm going to give you some prompts. Okay. And you got a little bit of time to think about you know, how you want to put it I together. don't normally have to go for 15 seconds, by the way. I, that's a long time for me. It's a long time. That oh, long time. Oh, that's, oh, that's the infinite sadness that's, of white men. <laughs> the next 15 seconds are going to be an infinite sadness, everybody. <laughs> okay, so, um, okay, so you're ready for your 15-second fan fiction prompt? Sure. Okay. 
Okay, so I'm uh, we're gonna do so it's Shia LaBeouf, and the uh, the screening has just ended, and he's been given a box containing the toys from Toy Story, and he's just realized they can talk. In three, two. One go. Okay, so Shia gets the box. He opens the box. He uh, looks in, sees the toys from Toy Story, and they look up. Woody looks up and says, "Shia, where have you been? We we missed you. You know, you 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 are no longer you're no longer the cute innocent little boy you used to be." And Shia has a, a a tear in his eye, and he thinks, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not anymore." Uh, and then you see a sort of a dark mood crosses across his face, and he looks into the camera, and he takes the toys out of the box, and he just starts fucking those toys. <laughs> <laughs> If you would like to send us your own 15-second fanfiction, please email internetexplore at buzzfeed.com or tweet us a video of you reading it at iExplore. You could tweet Daniel Dalton at Words by Dan. Uh, definitely send him some pictures you drew of Shia LaBeouf fucking the entire box of talking toys of Toy Story. And thank you, Dan. This has been Support for Internet Explorer comes from Squarespace. With Squarespace, sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level, and there's absolutely no coding required. The site is intuitive, and the tools are easy to use. And if you sign up for a year, you get a completely free domain. Start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. When you sign up, make sure to use the offer code BF to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Uh, with me right now is Charlie Edge. Uh, Charlie uh, first came on my radar when BuzzFeed wrote about her. You and a friend stood in front of Parliament and Freebled. Yes, we did. Um, so before we get into that, uh, I want to know a little bit about your background. Like, um, uh, is this the first kind of protest like this you've done before, or you know, what's your? Uh, it's the first protest that I've done like this, definitely. Um, <laughs> I've never done anything like this before. Um, I've always been really into left-wing activism uh, for quite a long time now. Most of my friends are in the socialist, communist, anarchist scene. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so that's, Same. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's kind of what I do. Um, but yeah, this is, this is the first time that I've ever done anything like this. I've been trying to find a good way to explain to Americans exactly what's going on here. And, you know, stop me if I'm wrong. Basically, tampons in this country are considered a luxury item for some fucking reason. <laughs> and they're taxed more than non-luxury items. Yes. And all of the men in the government here just don't seem to understand why that is a problem. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so what made you decide to go stand in, in front of Parliament and Freebly? Like, walk me through what that was like. Um, okay, so obviously um, the tampon tax has been kind of a big deal at the moment. Everyone's getting a bit annoyed about it. Uh, there's been petitions, there have been discussions, there's been Twitter hashtags. You know, people right. have been trying their best to do something and nothing's really happened. Uh, there was the debate in Parliament and it voted no. So um, we kind of felt a little bit lost and didn't really know what to do. And I've heard women and non-binary people and everyone say again and again and again if we'd stopped wearing tampons we'd get them for free <laughs> and it's true if ever if everyone's if everyone said okay i'm not gonna do it are you gonna do it no i'm not gonna do it if, every, right. if everyone decided that we were just gonna forego them then there would be no cost like we would be given them right. people would be desperate for us to wear them please god just god <laughs> yeah, stop exactly, oh my god <laughs> exactly and 
So the point of the protest was kind of to prove how necessary they are and how not a luxury they are. Right. Um, so uh, Ruth and I stood in front of Parliament and, and yeah, we, we bled and we took pictures and we showed the world that we were bleeding and we said, look, this is what happens when people don't wear tampons. This is how not a luxury they are. Right. So how about we don't tax, the lu- <laughs> tax them as luxuries? Um, and so how long were you out there for, you and your friend? We were only there for three hours. Only three hours. <laughs> okay, really, you're gonna stand there for three hours. Okay. Uh, I mean, I mean, people were saying, "Oh, are you gonna do it all day?" And I was like, "No, I don't, <laughs> don't want to do that all day." Um, so yeah, we were we were there for three hours. We met a lot of interesting people. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but most of the responses come from the internet. Like, most so of the what were those like? Online. I mean, when the when those photos hit the hit Twitter, I remember it, it took off pretty quickly. Right? Yeah. Generally, the response has been about fifty fifty. I think. It's either people here and there saying, this is great, solidarity, we're with you. Or it's people saying, this is disgusting, you're so (laughs) gross. And I feel like the fact that most of the negative feedback is people generally angry at me and Ruth for not wearing tampons kind of proves the point. I think so too. I mean, uh, I was reading about uh, and this, you know, this would be a crazy sentence to say in any other context. But I was reading about the history of the idea of free bleeding. Yes. And I was trying to trace it through the internet because it's always had this aura of like, there are very few acts I think in general that are insanely vulgar, incredibly aggressive, and also truly 100% feminine. Yes. <laughs> and free bleeding is like this mythical, like, well, yeah, you don't like this? I will literally fucking free bleed. Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's the nuclear option of, like, yeah. womanhood. It's yeah. it's cool. And so you, you got a lot of press coverage. Yes. But it, ha- uh, it hasn't all been great, basically. Most of the press has actually been quite good. Really? I'm okay. really surprised. Um, everyone's really surprised. But most of the press that I've seen has actually been pretty positive. It's all been generally in our favor. It's the public that have the negative responses. Um, but we've responded to most of them publicly a <laughs> hundred times. Yeah. Um, and people are asking the same questions again and again and again that there are so many resources to the answers to. What kind of arguments are you hearing saying like, this is totally fine to keep it a luxury tax for tampons. Yeah, um, so obviously the, the main one is the toilet roll tax argument. People are saying, well, toilet roll is a necessity and that's taxed as well. And our argument against that is that, you know, there can be more than one bad thing in the world. <laughs> um, yeah. we're, we're not saying that toilet roll should be taxed as a luxury. Right. We're just saying that tampons shouldn't. Um, and if you look at the things that aren't taxed, like helicopters and crocodile meat and yada, 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 there's right. a long list of it. Um, I mean, no, wait, hold on. Like, crocodile meat is a necessity. Okay. Like, I, well, I eat nothing but crocodile meat I mean, in my helicopter, I, so. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably go without it for a few days. <laughs> just like a couple days, yeah. I feel like if uh, the government were to tax sanitary items and put the money towards free tampons like they have with the condom scheme. You know, you, 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 I mean, condoms are a necessity because they're for men. Absolutely. <laughs> That's but, how it works. But condoms, condoms are, you can buy them, they're taxed. Yeah. They're also free on the NHS. Um, if, if, the, if the government wanted to do that with tampons, I would be more than happy to pay the tax, but they're not. It's essentially a hundred pound fine over the course of your life for bleeding. That's insane. Um, and we're, we're just against that. So I, I can't see any arguments. <laughs> I was going through um, like the, cause the, the tampon Twitter kind of conversation in here in this country, I feel like it's been going on since like May. Yeah. And I was going through it and I, I remembered, um, do you remember the trousers tweet? Do you remember no. this? Oh my God. So, okay. It, uh, and if you're listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, basically, 
Jon Snow is both a hunky guy from Game of Thrones and also an old man that tells the news in this country. And news Jon Snow <laughs> said uh, that he was going to support tampons and uh, for I think it was like Tampon Day or some right. sort of conversation about it on Twitter. And this like middle-aged man from the middle of nowhere England was like, well, I just, you know, I think that uh, we should talk about, you know, necessities for men, you know, uh, like male products that are necessary. And someone was like, well, what's, what is that? Like, what is a male product that's necessary? He's like, trousers. <laughs> and then, like, all of these young women, uh, like, just started tweeting the word trousers with no context, <laughs> like, over and over. And it became, like, a whole meme. And it, but what's funny, and when you say, like, oh, people will fire back, oh, toilet roll is, uh, you know, the same deal. I love the, I love the thinking where it's like, yes, this might be unfair to women, but there are other unfair things that we should yeah. definitely like keep us from fixing the thing exactly. that's unfair for women. It's what I don't <laughs> understand. Is this is this is essentially what it all boils down to? All of the arguments against are generally people saying that we shouldn't make a big deal about it because there are other things in the world. Right. Um, and I, I feel like if we. I mean, I'm not. I'm not comparing myself to the suffragettes. I promise, I'm not comparing myself to the suffragettes. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm comparing what I'm doing right now, running this podcast. I'm a suffragette. But um, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, people thought that women not having the vote was just such a small thing. And if the people who fought for that had of not fought for that, you know, we wouldn't have all of the privileges that we ha we take advantage from today. And I feel like. Um, the size of an injustice doesn't mean that it's not an injustice right. and we're not making a big deal out of nothing we're just angry about something that we believe is unjust and we're telling people why we think it's unjust and trying to change that so it's funny you bring up the suffragettes because you know a protest 50 60 years ago would take um, a considerable amount of time to get going yeah and this online conversation about tampons, and then your photo instantly being beamed from your like from a phone yeah. to the internet, basically like lit up the conversation that yeah. had been going on like crazy. And I wanted to get your thoughts about what do you think these sort of uh, moments do to England? I mean, because I, I, it doesn't seem like the UK is really used to this happening this quickly, especially with young women, yeah. and they get pissed in the best way. Yeah, I mean, I. I think that as long as I'm making people angry, I'm doing a good job. Like that's, <laughs> Same. That's how, that's how I feel. I feel like it's, it's the nature of being pretty far left. When you're pissing off far right people, you feel good about yourself. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of people have told me to have self-respect, and I've got plenty of self-respect. It's everyone else that doesn't respect me. I'm very proud of myself. I'm very proud of Ruth. I think we did a good thing. It, in, in terms of how quickly it's spread, I think that that's, that's the nature of the internet and that's, it's both a, a, both a wonderful thing and a terrifying <laughs> thing at the same time. Because yeah. um, when, I, when I posted that, I was like, come on guys, we can spread this, we can, we can get it viral. I honestly didn't believe for a second that it would be quite as quick. Um, like within 24 hours, it had been shared over 15,000 times or something Jesus like that. Christ. And that's really big for Goodbye, someone Goodbye uh, cell phone data plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a really big deal for someone that's never had any experience with this before. A lot of people are in solidarity. Like, a lot of people are angry about this. And I think that there's power in numbers. Um, I think there's a huge power in numbers. And I think that people are a lot stronger than they realize. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that if anything, this protest has shown that a hell of a lot of people think that the British government needs to do something right. 
quickly if possible. Well, it's funny. I um I saw a writer for Breitbart.com who will go unnamed, but he's a, a figure here in the UK and he looks a lot like Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> um, and he was tweeting about how you had fallen for a 4chan prank. And so I, I clicked oh, on the link. Oh, darling. I know. I know, I know. So it's so good. So I click on the link because I'm like, what, what is going on here? And I start reading, and this is this is the kind of beautiful, insane, fucking stupid men's rights logic yeah. that like you would need. And he was, <laughs> he was arguing that because you did a thing that 4chan uses to discredit feminist movements, he somehow thought that that made you, like, Duped. I think it's quite sweet that little boys <laughs> on the internet think they invented free bleeding. <laughs> yeah. um, like it's, it's, like, it's kind of cute, really, because I've I've had a lot of people tell me this. A lot of people have gone, "Hey, you know that 4chan invented it," and I <laughs> promise you, they didn't. Um, nope. <laughs> I can assure you because we've been having this conversation for years and years and years and years. My mom said to me the other day, she was like, "I remember having this conversation when I was 20. If we all stopped wearing tampons, we'd get them given them for." free. It's not a new concept. It's just, you know, 4chan were like, hey, how could we could make how could we make feminists look really, really stupid? We could we could trick them into doing something. And it's just like, do you know what? If you want to believe you did that, that's absolutely fine. I'm really happy for you, pat on the head. Regardless, we've still we've still proved a point. Like, yeah. re- regardless of who came up with it, promise you it wasn't 4chan, but even if it was, <laughs> um, We've still proved the point that we went on to prove. The point that we were proving is periods aren't a luxury, tampons are a necessity. And by the reaction that we got from not wearing a tampon for just three hours, like yeah. the, reaction that, the, re- the reaction that we got kind of proves that tampons aren't a luxury, they're a necessity. I mean, it also hinges on the fact that to, to think that free bleeding could discredit feminists requires you to find the idea of a menstrual cycle embarrassing. Yeah, oh my god, yes, thank <laughs> so you! Like, so like, if you don't find that embarrassing, it, it can't really discredit what absolutely, you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely, this is the thing. Um, like, okay, so I, I understand that a lot of people find periods gross. Like, they're not fun, they, they are kind of gross, I get it. I mean, if anything in the reproductive system of humans is embarrassing, it's obviously boners. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> they're, they're, I agree with they're you. They're basically <laughs> a tiny flag that goes up whenever it feels like to tell people you're horny. Like, that is way more embarrassing than like the, the miracle of life happening yes. once a month. Um, yeah, that, they're not fun. There, there are there are better things in the world, but I've been dealing with them for ten years now. They're part of one in every two people's lives, pretty much at yeah. some point. You know, I feel like, especially I, like I'm used to random men on the internet get, giving me hate. That's something that happens when you're it a is woman. It's a sadly universal experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've actually been surprised by the amount of women who are completely against me and like sending me a lot really? of hate. Yeah. And um, that they're they're all coming from the argument. Well, most of them are coming from the argument of it's disgusting and it's disgraceful. And I'm like, ladies, do you, like if you're that grossed out by a small red stain on someone's crotch, you really need to get over some internalized misogyny quickly because yeah. there's not like I promise you that so many people have been in my situation entirely accidentally. Like so many people have um, have stained trousers 
not as part of a protest just because they came on their period and they just weren't expecting it. Yeah, that's like, that's life. Like. Exactly. And um, I feel like everyone at some point in their life has seen, or most people at some point in their life have seen a blood stain. If I had posted a picture of my arm with a blood stain that big, the reaction would have been completely different. Yeah. It's purely the fact that it's over my vagina that everyone's going, oh my God, that's disgusting. She has no self-respect. Well, Which I mean, think about any sitcom with the husband making jokes about shit stains in his underwear. Yeah. And you've never seen the wife be like, yeah, look at the period stains in my underwear. Like, that never happens. Yeah. Yes. And yet, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a double standard black and white, basically. But yeah. So I guess, like, I want to thank you for coming on, and um, I wish you all the best in the, your fight to free Europe <laughs> for tam- tampons for everyone. Thank you very um, much. So yeah. <laughs> and um, if people want to follow, you know, what you're doing, what's the best way to do it? Uh, you can follow my Facebook. Um, my Facebook is public. I'm also on Twitter. What's your Twitter? Edge O-T-I. So E-D-G-E-O-T-I. All right. Perfect. Uh, yeah. If you are a woman in Europe, not in the UK, who's fighting a similar kind of battle or your country is going through a similar kind of conversation on Twitter, please email internetexplorer at buzzfeed.com. We'd love to hear about it. This is a, an ongoing thing and it's uh, it's important. And also the jokes on Twitter are just hysterical. So <laughs> <laughs> I just want more tampon memes to be totally honest. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Whew, yeah, so uh, th- thank you, Charlie. Um, that was amazing um, and very eye-opening. <laughs> um, up next is a remix of Brand New's mixtape by DJ George Costanza. <laughs> I want to give a shout out this week, a fall Friday to Astro Kid, who's now Dog Noise on SoundCloud. And I want to give a shout out to DJ George Costanza. Thank you guys for making this episode even weirder than it would have been normally, uh, considering we spent the whole time talking about Shia LaBeouf and women's menstrual cycles. I want to give a shout out to Katie Natopoulos. This episode really couldn't have been done without you. <laughs> um, and I guess if Julia Furlan was a PMS symptom, she would be a craving for chocolate. If Jenna Weiss-Berman was a PMS symptom, she would be uh, mood swings. If uh, Meg Kramer was a PMS symptom, she would be cramps. Uh, if Eleanor Kagan was a PMS symptom, she would be bloating in your extremities I guess I don't know um, I want to thank especially the listeners for uh, putting up with an entire episode of just me hopefully the British accents were distracting you